Clubhouse. Welcome to Strong Creatives Welcome, the Nosferatu podcast. I'm Mike Caputo. Earlier this week, Hurricane Isaias wreaked havoc on the Northeast, knocking power out uh, for me, for Anna, causing some damage everywhere, just generally wreaking havoc on our lives. So unfortunately, we were not able to record and edit uh, for our normally scheduled episode eight of Nosferatu season two. So instead, we're going to bring to you the unabridged interview that we did with Jonathan Langdon. This interview was going to be part of tonight's episode, but you were going to get a shorter version to fit in the time. Jonathan was great. He spoke to us for over an hour. Uh, You're getting the hour-long version of that interview. He is so hysterical. I think you're going to laugh a lot. He had me and Anna in stitches the entire time. Uh, So I hope you enjoy this special episode of Strong Creators Welcome, and next week we'll be back with a double episode covering episodes 8 and 9, and we have another fantastic guest lined up for that episode as well. So now, enjoy our interview with Jonathan Langdon, and we'll talk to you next week. Thank you. Jonathan, so nice to meet you. I know you know Anna already, but thank you very much for coming and joining us today. Thank you for having me. I'm delighted to be here. I've only been bothering you for like a year or so. (laughs) (laughs) I apologize for the long wait. No, no. I'm just messing. Not for Ratu Podcast. That's it. That is it. (laughs) Oh, I like that energy. How are you making out with the Rona times and quarantine and being stuck at home? Oh, man. It's it's been nice because uh, I was away filming the show. For about five months, and I just had my daughter. Uh, yeah. So I left two months after she was born. Oh, wow. So I was like, oh, man. So now, like, literally, when I got back, they're just like, excuse me, the world is closed. I'm like, <laughs> great. I can spend a bunch of time with my with my family. So I've been just buckled down, just, like, you know, learning how to dad and helping my wife out. And You are the third week in a row with a newborn at home yeah. that we've talked to. Oh, yeah. Uh, uh, Virginia and her quarantine babies. Paul yep. Schneider. And, uh, well, she had twins, right? Paul Schneider had a yep. little baby girl. Yeah, like, oh, I didn't even know. COVID yeah, babies. yeah, yeah, yeah. COVID babies. <laughs> right in May. Yeah, because I remember, I, like, we were, like, uh, Virginia came back from filming, and then she was just like, oh, yeah, I've been, like, off for so long because I was taking care of my twins. She's like, babies are, like, oh, man, what are we doing? I was like, yeah, what are we doing? It's <laughs> crazy. Like, first-hand, like, experience, because she was actually with her kids and stuff like that, but I was, like, still there. I was just like, I'm going to learn when I get home. You'll have plenty of time to do it, as it turns out. Yeah, I'll have <laughs> you know? a lifetime. <laughs> That's, that is it. That is it. You have three months. Yeah, <laughs> right? Like, oh, no. Well, it's always a fun story because this will be the time when you could tell them about the yesteryear when people used to talk to each other and interact and see each other. And... <laughs> in the long, long ago. <laughs> when you'd buy an apple, you'd have to wash it in the sink <laughs> before eating it. <laughs> we call them the before times. The before times. Oh, Remember when people used to smile? <laughs> <laughs> we're hearing that accent from from that message that you left on the show we're hearing you with that accent <laughs> is that where that came from you like doing that accent a lot oh yeah there's a, it's there's like a, a little big, alfred a little alfred pennyworth inspired uh that was that was so much fun because like uh, this is like this, working on this show has been uh like my first uh big dramatic role and stuff because i come from sketch comedy right so sure I'm always joking around and stuff like that. It helps me. Stay did you calm Did you and study relax. at one of the UCB or Groundlings or one of those? No, or? no. I'm I'm from Canada. So, uh, most of my stuff, my comedy was from Toronto. I went to uh, University of Toronto, the Scarborough campus, and I uh, graduated there with an honors in uh, oh, English and drama. So I studied drama there. That's where I I learned about sketch comedy. I saw some people doing it like live in front of me. And for some reason, up until that point, I didn't realize that people did sketch comedy live in places, <laughs> even though I had seen like in Living Color and Mad TV. And I'm like, I really like this show. I really like this show. I'm like, I really love these shows. All of a sudden, like it just clicked. I'm like, I need to do this now. <laughs> I love that. You got That's... you got the bug. <laughs> oh, yeah. 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 But I always I always knew I wanted to be an actor. So I was excited to be in uh like taking drama in university and stuff i, I love that 
Toronto, the affordable version of New York for the film industry. <laughs> yeah. as, as, as a lifelong New Yorker, I appreciate Toronto in, in ways that others can't maybe appreciate. It's, <laughs> it's the clean, clean city version of New York. Yeah, so. yeah. yeah. <laughs> Budget New York. That's it. That's it. New York North. Yeah. <laughs> Any other Canadian hearing this right now, like, they're going to be like, oh, screw Toronto. <laughs> screw Toronto so hard. Everybody doesn't like Toronto because they're just like, oh, the, the nickname for Toronto, people from Toronto, is the center of the universe. So that just goes to show you. <laughs> they're just like, oh, they're from Toronto. They think they run everything. Yeah. Lots of pissed off French people. Yeah. We just lost all of our Quebecois people. So. <laughs> well, <I hope> not. <laughs> Damn it, watch, Jonathan. Watch you sunk the podcast. It's only I'm been so five sorry. minutes. <laughs> I was trying to diversify the country. Let's fast forward. So you, you leave sketch comedy. How how do you get to Lou Carmody and the role uh, the role of Lou Carmody and Nosferatu? Tell us about the audition process for you. Okay. Well, I was very, very determined that year. I was just like, oh, man, because I came off of a show called uh, No Tomorrow I did. And that was like my first American television show that only went for one season. So I'm like, I got to get back on a show. So I was like super determined. I'm like, going to do this. So there's like a series of self-tapes I had to do during that time. And I was just like, yeah, I'm going to nail these self-tapes because I wanted to get ready for pilot season, which in the yesteryear used to take place in January and stuff like that, right? For all you kids listening. For all you kids listening out there. <laughs> in the long, long ago. Before yeah. shows were filled 10 at a time and put on uh, Netflix all at once, yeah. there used to be a pilot season. <laughs> when people used to work in buildings... And instead of their homes. Together. Uh, together. <laughs> breathing and laughing and talking in each other's faces for eight hours of a day. Uh, I, came, <laughs> I came off of that. So I was really determined. So I was like, okay, got to get ready. And then all of a sudden I got like three self-tapes and one of them was Nosferatu. But I didn't realize. I'm like, there's just like weird one with letters and, and numbers because I'd never heard of the book at this point or anything. I was just doing that. I was reading the script. I'm like, oh, this character is like really cool. I really like the this character. I'm like, I can see myself playing it. So I just did the self-tape and I felt really comfortable doing it or whatever and sent it in. I was just like, okay, pilot season. We're still getting ready. And then lo and behold, they're just like, hey, remember that thing with the letters you, you did? <laughs> well, you kind of booked it. We're all waiting on a visa now. And hopefully you can get this visa. So I'm like, oh, okay. Well, the chances of me getting this visa is probably going to be slim to none, right? So I kept just doing different stuff. And then come like December, I think it was like late December, like after Christmas and stuff, they're just like, hey, uh, my agents were like, hey, remember that letter number thing that we told you that, uh, you know, you did it? And then it's kind of slim. Well, you got the visa and you're kind of going to be on the show. Now, here's the thing is like, you're going to be like on one episode for the first season. And then after that, uh, you're going to be a series regular for the second season. If there's a second season. So we're just like, Oh, what does this mean? Like, can I go up for other stuff? They're just like, no, you're kind of locked in. I was like, Oh, what is this for? They're like AMC. I was like, (laughs) what? (laughs) I'll make myself available. Yeah, exactly. So I was like, okay. So then literally it was like a week and a half after that, the visa got through, tickets were sent. I flew in and I was just like, I probably should have read the book because <laughs> like, I didn't know like this is a book or anything. So on my first day I was there, the first scene I had, I'm like, I'm probably going to meet like Ashley or something so I can like really like warm up to this character. I was really nervous. The first day I'm working with Zachary Quinto holding a gun to his head. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, oh my god, what is happening? <laughs> this is this is intense. And then I think maybe the day after Joe Hill shows up on set, I'm just like, this is I'm gonna lose my job. <laughs> and he's like talking to everybody, he's so kind. And he was like, uh, hey, you know, it's really uh, exciting that uh, we, we see this character here, Lou. Lou is really great. And uh, I was just like, oh, yeah, he's great. But knowing I didn't read the book, right? And he's just like, yeah, you know, this character is it's, it's really, it's really going to be great. You know, he does a lot of stuff. It's a, it's a fan favorite and he's just an average guy and stuff. And he's like, you know about it, right, Jonathan? You know, you, you, you know about the character. You're playing the character. You know, right, right? I'm like, I'm not going to lie to Joe Hill. I'm not going to lie to this guy. So I'm like, Mr. Hill, I'm so sorry. <laughs> I'm so sorry I didn't read the book. And I thought, I'm like, well, that's it. I'm off the show. And then Joe Hill was just like, oh, so that's okay. Sat down with me for like a half an hour, laid out 
a whole bunch of character, like key character points and stuff about the character. Pretty much explained like the character to me and from the book and everything. I was like, oh my gosh, this guy is so kind. Thank you so much. And with that template and then like after that experience, I of course read the book to prepare, like do my preparations for getting ready for this character. And then it was, it was uh, all she wrote after that. So the first scene, you're kind of famously riding a motorcycle in in that episode in season one. Do you ride motorcycles? Is there's gonna be a, there's gonna be several questions about how much of Lou is Jonathan, uh, yeah, and, yeah. and the first one is uh, a well, big old a big old Harley man coming uh, yeah. down the road. So no, that's <laughs> that is a Lou thing. I wanted to take like lessons. I'm just like, yeah, there's a homie prep for this character. I'm gonna be like really like deep in. I'm gonna know how to ride a motorcycle or whatever. And then my wife was just like. Well, uh, I'm pregnant, so we're having a baby, and I don't think you on a motorcycle is the greatest idea, considering how clumsy you are. I'm just like, you are a very smart woman, (laughs) so I'm not going to do that. I used to ride snowmobiles until about two weeks before my son was born, and that was the last time I was on the snowmobile for the exact same exactly. reason. Exactly. Yeah. I had a habit of falling off of them. Exactly. <laughs> so. so I was just like, no, that's it. But I wanted, I wanted to. It was scheduled. Like it was, like it was good. And then, like you know, life changes. And uh, also, even if I did, I don't think AMC would have let me due to like insurance, reasons. insurance reasons. Oh yeah. yeah. They're just yeah. like, oh, I'm like, oh yeah, I took lessons. They're like, great, no. <laughs> but don't you want to learn now? I mean, can't you do I that? Do, I do want to learn, yeah. but at the same time, I don't want to break my neck. I can't. <laughs> I don't want to. I don't want to get hurt and stuff. And then I can't take care of my daughter. So I'm like, oh no, I I understand that. I'll tell you this. Um, my stunt person, uh, Robert Sims, he taught me how to uh, and get this. This is how much Jonathan and Lou are like. He taught me how to turn on the motorcycle. And nah. turn off Ooh, the motorcycle. Saucy. And uh, rev. Uh, authentic. Yeah. And rev the engine. And also <laughs> uh, pull the, the brake. I mean, you, you know the basics, basically. At this I point. know. I mean, I know how to get it ready for someone else. <laughs> that's, that's my. <laughs> as long as you keep it in first gear with amazing yeah. balance, you are good to go. Good. I mean, you're basically road ready. I will tell you this. When he did show me how to do that, I rev, like, when you're on, like, a bike like that and you rev the engine, I was like, I want one of these. <laughs> I don't know when. Someday I want one of these. It makes it ones. rumble in all the good parts. So, oh, yeah, yeah. No, I, I totally appreciate that. <laughs> it was an experience for sure. <laughs> <laughs> I had this fantastic image of you going down the road with, uh, with like a sidecar with like an AMC insurance agent the in the side <laughs> in a sidecar. The insurance agent is driving. Yeah, yeah. The mayhem guy, you know, yeah. like uh, mayhem from Allstate. <laughs> Jonathan, don't do that. Slow down, Jonathan. He's signa- signaling with his hands, like what people do on bikes. That's it, like, exactly. I'm making a left now. Make sure your seatbelt's on, Jonathan. During the duration of the show, you're only allowed to have two-seater motorcycles so someone can, you know... <laughs> Keep it in the back. They throw it all out. I just ride like mountain bikes. <laughs> There's a guy who runs behind Dick, you going. Wait up! <laughs> he just makes ruining sounds behind you. I put one of those like aluminum cans in the spokes. <laughs> Dick, wait! It's cut. It's, what it's, the it's, hell, Jonathan? Where did you even get that bike? I'm so sorry. I was making a choice. <laughs> This is what I think Lou would do. This is what I'm feeling. <laughs> the part of Lou will now be played by Alfonso Ribeiro. <laughs> <laughs> uh, There's too much oh crossover. <laughs> also a dance we totally have to do, the uh, the Alfonso Ribeiro dance. So. Oh, yes. So Lou is obviously based on, on the book, and you had to sit down with Joe. Do you prep differently for a character when it has this kind of established backstory versus making it up on your own i mean as a sketch comic you know you're always making up stories mm-hmm. how does that differ for you when you're prepping for a role when it already exists on the page somewhere prepping for something like this like i wanted to make sure i was well versed in the character and there was already like established text as to like comedy tra- or comedy traits sorry character traits and stuff from lou actually yeah because he is also a joker uh as well too so it was a combination of drawing upon like the established text as well, like looking inside like myself and being like, hey, what parts of me would be able to draw out the character from the book and, and show people this like amazing character, this amazing guy that so many people like and like root for. He's just like he's uh, yeah. like the everyman that people look to. Yeah, right. you want to root for him. Exactly. So 
there's lots of moments and stuff where I was like trying to get into character. I was just like, what life experience could I use to replicate this that from Lou? And also there's literally stuff from Lou in the book that helped me prep for the character, like his love of motorcycles and stuff. I'm like, okay, well, I got to kind of know a little bit about motorcycles to make sure like we're not filming. And they're just like, okay, I got to take care of this clutch. And I'm like reaching for the exhaust pipe, like that type of stuff. <laughs> Right. So I, I did talk to the head of transportation and he was so nice to me because he would take time out of his day and just give me the lowdown about like how the bike works, like give me like the relative information I needed to make sure A, I don't hurt myself and then B, to make it look like super authentic. And it was it was very, uh, very, very kind of him to do that because that helped establish that as well. So it's kind of just merging like what Joe Hilt actually told me to my face. Um, from the book and then just drawing on like stuff that's happened to me as well. One key thing that Joe Hill told me that kind of helped was like a, a key to kind of open up Lou was that he said to me, he's just like, uh, Lou is the type of guy who he wants to lose weight and he's told himself he wants to lose weight. So first thing he does is he goes to McDonald's and he's like, Hey, I just want like a water and a salad and then while he's in front of the menu he's just like and a big mac and some fries <laughs> he's like he what he has such good intentions and his will i'm just like i totally get that i understand this guy yeah <laughs> lou is like, your spirit animal after yeah. you know after, yeah, you know like yeah. i i get him yeah no yeah. I, I hear you it was like i i can relate i felt that <laughs> Your, your Joe Hill impersonation is on point, too, by the way. Yeah, really, really good. Like really good. Yeah, really like a nice really flavor. <laughs> Thank you. He's a wonderful, wonderful yeah. guy. Thank you yeah. so much for giving me a job. Oh, and just creating this whole story. We have such a great fandom. I have a question from the Nosferatu Facebook group. Melissa would awesome. like to know which scenes you enjoy filming more the deeper emotional scenes or the action sequences that we've kind of really seen you engaged in, especially this season, like, you know, <laughs> mopping Bing across the face with a hunk of metal, <laughs> which, you know, well, we, that's like my favorite gif of the whole season right now. <laughs> <laughs> I just sit there and mop and watch it. Mop. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So, like, what I mean, like, um, what, which ones do you kind of like prefer? Well, do you have okay. a preference? I really don't because this has kind of all been a, like a blessing to me and like just a really new experience in terms of like pushing my acting skills. I guess, like, I'll, I'll tell you this. So, for in terms of stunts, I love stunts. I love stunts so much that me and Jason David, every time there is. Even like a minuscule hint of a stunty thing, me and him were always just like stunt, stunt. We run around stunts, <laughs> around stunts, and then we would like, get super excited because we had to do like when we had to when I had to like tackle him in the bushes, we were just like yeah, we did it, <laughs> stunts. We're doing stunts. We're stunt people. We're doing it. Also, like, but for like the the more dramatic scenes, like this is what I studied in school, right? I I, I studied how to do that, and I haven't used that skill. For such a long time. Like, I've been doing sketch for, like, 14 years, just make, trying to make people laugh. And I love making people laugh. I'll, I won't I'll, – I'll keep trying. I don't know if you I am do, making people that's laugh. evidence. But I will keep yes. – I, I won't stop trying. Using that was, like, a breath of fresh air as well. Like, when you're acting with the dramatic stuff with, with people like, you know, Ashley Romans and Jakara and Eben and Dari and, like, Virginia. Like, these people are amazing. Ashley Cummings, like – the whole cast is stacked. These people know dramatic acting. So I was very well supported, even if I felt like I was like stumbling through the dark. Like these guys, they could just say one word and you're just like, oh, <laughs> <laughs> you know, they know their they know their work. So I, I felt like I was very lucky to be in such good company with the cast for also it helped me grow that like tool, that sort of side of acting that I, I very rarely use. And I enjoyed it just as much as I, I do doing comedy as well because it's just like it's in terms of like doing it it's kind of the same thing because you have to commit right well for me i'm not going to say this is like for everybody i don't know you I, speak I'm, on behalf I'm, of everyone You're no good. don't worry about it <laughs> we had uh, a meeting like, beforehand we annoy we're good we took a vote yeah, they we're anointed good. me before yes. <laughs> you're the everyone minister <laughs> yeah <laughs> 
Everyone bow to Langdon, the everyone minister. Speak us upon acting, please. No. Uh, <laughs> yeah. It's just like, for me, it was just like the, the commitment to the character is the same. The more you really just delve in and just kind of just be this person as much as you possibly can and draw upon the, the moment and what's happening around you, like the same hopefully for me it's like the same results happen so if i'm acting like a, an idiot like i'm going to go full idiot <laughs> because i know that right. it helps generate the world like people get more involved and same thing if i'm in a dramatic scene with with anybody i'm going to commit to that that scene in that moment as much as i possibly possibly can that's also helped me as well and i will never say that like i've cracked it <laughs> like, right right i'm still and forever will be learning about comedy and acting until I pass. This has been a, a wonderful learning experience for me in regards to that. It's like any art. You're, you're flexing on muscles. You're getting to try all these different flavors within your medium. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's still what you what you love and what, what you're here to do at this point in time. You kind of enjoy a chance to use your whole body, <laughs> basically. <laughs> yeah. yeah. My actor body. <laughs> I don't even know what that means. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry for I'm flexing sorry for all of those acting muscles. Time. I'm still yeah. hooked on the Ooh, when I turn this way. So. Oh yeah, he'll he'll come back. He'll definitely come back. There is a posing portion of the Everyman uh, Minister's you know speech <laughs> where he just kind of flexes his muscles. Yeah. So yeah. <laughs> now admire me while I show you these sick traps. <laughs> 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 As I collect my thoughts, yes. look at my about, biceps. About everything. Did you see this vein here? I'll show it to you again. <laughs> <laughs> Do you need yes. to draw blood? No need to look for a vein. It's right here for it's you. It's right here. It's I can make it arise. <laughs> if you ask it nicely, it gives the blood freely without a needle. This <laughs> looks like it's suddenly in scanners or something. <laughs> Take it, look <laughs> at it. <laughs> the everything minister loves to support the community and give blood. That's I, all. Leading That's by example. All. Exactly. <laughs> I like how we turn that around. Yes. <laughs> it became a PSA, really. I mean, it was, it became an after school special. So I'm pretty happy. Yeah. But. <laughs> so, okay, so you don't share the motorcycle proficiency, but tell us the, the ways you think you're most like Lou and then the way you're most unlike Lou. Okay, so we both look alike, so I think that's number one. Blowing my mind. All right. Yeah, I don't know. I don't think alike. I see it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, in terms of, like, jokiness, we're kind of the same that way. In terms of love for family, I think we're the same, and I drew upon that a lot, even though, like, I was away from my, like, my daughter and my wife. I really use that a lot in Lou. I feel like we both love food. <laughs> I feel, uh, in terms of, like interests and hobbies like we kind of share similar stuff like he's more into comic books like well versed in that whole uh, medium and i would say i have the same passion but my thing is video games so i kind of just use that passion to try to portray that for lou uh, but just in a different way because i i have a uh, one of my closest friends is like very well versed as much as Lou. So I, I uh, try to think of him and stuff where he's talking about different comic book stuff. And if I didn't understand something, I know I could just be like, call him up and be like, what is this? Because I've never right. heard of this. It's not in Spider-Man in the Marvel <laughs> or DC. What is it? Uh, I was able to, to do that. What's your console of choice? We'll, go talk, we'll do a quick video game corner here. Yeah. I Nintendo, number one. Nice. Uh, I have a Switch. That was Smash the Bros. right answer. All Very right. good. Smash Bros. Right now I'm playing a lot of Smash Bros, which is like <laughs> addictive, even though I'm not good. <laughs> but I still like who are, who, Who's your guy? Like, who do you go to? You my mains go. are... Well, my main is Samus. I love Metroid. So nice. Samus, Samus is my main. And then I think my alt is like Donkey Kong or Little Mac. But I, I took a break from it, so now they're kind of... My little Max Spotty. So I, now it's kind of pretty much just Donkey Kong and, and Samus. Uh, I'm using a lot. Uh, Streets of Rage 4, I've been playing a lot because Streets of Rage. You know, you know, this is Streets of Rage. You go around, there's like 80s music playing, or sorry, 90s. No, not 80s, 90s like dance music, and you're beating up 
punks who look like they're from the eighties. That's what else do you need? <laughs> well, I mean, listen, you're, I mean, you're, you're, you have a Toronto background, but I mean, in New York, we call that Tuesday. So, <laughs> oh my God. you know, I, I mean, I'm living that lifestyle, Jonathan. That's it's why it's, my hair is so gray. You oh, know, so. so you just step out of your house and you're here. It's like, da, 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 da. yeah, you're just yeah. like, Beating down punks. Yeah, I carry brass knuckles with me every. I have them on me while we're doing this interview. I'm sitting here, you know, just warming them up. So (laughs) you push a guy, a health bar with the name Galcia pops up above their head. You just watch it go down. You're just like, yeah, I hope he's okay. Police show up at your door. They're just like, uh, we're looking for a man named Galcia. You're like, I don't, I don't even, I just went to work. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. Leave me alone. Leave me alone. I know the minister. We were we were lifting. Bro. We, were, we lifting. were working out. We were lifting. You're just screaming that as they take you away. And that comes in. I know the minister. I know the minister. I have veins. That's it. That's it. Did I, mean, I answer the question or did I just go off on another tangent? I'm so sorry. You were good as soon as you said Nintendo. So I mean, okay. I don't even remember. So you're all good. You're I'm all gonna good. make a lot of fans angry. It's like he's not saying anything. Just well, keeps talking about the Minister Man and video games. <laughs> oh I guess we'll God, keep it along so the geeky edge then because um, <laughs> I have another Facebook group fan question from Mike. Mm-hmm. Okay, so okay. this is Not me, another Mike. A different, another Mike. different Mike. It's possible you've met more than one in your <laughs> life. We will, but we, we, will now, we will now refer to this new Mike as <laughs> different Mike. Yes. <laughs> What is your question, different, different Mike? Different Mike. Okay, so thinking from Lou's perspective, mm-hmm. as Lou, what would be more important? Being a good parent and raising Wayne to be a great young adult or starring in the DCEU as a new adaptation of Batman? And no matter what the answer is, we got to know what does Batman starring Jonathan Langdon look like? <laughs> Ooh. Oh, yeah. As Lou. As Lou. <laughs> Jonathan Langdon as Lou, as Batman. As Batman, okay. (laughs) (laughs) I think for Lou, it's it's family first. The guy loves comic books more than anybody. Like, that's quite obvious. But his family is first. Because you got to think about it this way. Like, Lou never expected to, A, find himself somebody to love (laughs) that much, and, B, even start a family. Like, that just wasn't even, like, he wanted it, but it wasn't kind of like an option for him like he's like where am i gonna find somebody who loves comic books as much as me who's like beautiful and uh would like look at me and be like oh man like i love this guy like he didn't think that was gonna happen so for if not vic it would be bing for (laughs) lou i mean that's the other comic book aficionado in this universe yeah so for him to find my chance to find Vic and, and help her just out of the goodness of his heart is like this woman needed help, not to be like, eh, if I help her, then she's going to, it was, it, there's none of that. Just seeing somebody who needed help and acting, doing the the right thing. Like he eventually got to know this person. Somebody got to know him on that chance. And, and they started a, a beautiful family and blue will not acquiesce to anything to disrupt that family. Like he will, as much as he possibly can, try to keep it together, like emotionally, physically, as much as he can, spiritually, like he's a family man first. Now, that's not the answer that anybody wants to hear. People want to hear how Jonathan is going to be Batman. And I will tell you how this is going to go down. Number one, here we go. Here we go. Number one, I gain even more weight. Love it. This Batman is rotund. He uses his weight to propel himself at incredible speeds across Gotham. <laughs> you don't even you can't even fathom how fast like oh man and then number two it's pretty much just uh, all, all, all a tracksuit that he sewed together in the middle I'm assuming that it's going to be black because it's Batman and he chalks in the abs on the stomach oh nice everything's kind of just like loose fancy free number three he knows no martial arts he just uses a big stick and Wait. travels super fast. All the gadgets are there, so he has access to all the gadgets. He only knows how to use a quarter of them. So if he brings a gadget he doesn't know, then it's a surprise for everybody, you know? <laughs> so that keeps everything fresh. He also is really good friends with Aquaman and only Aquaman. That's the only person he lets into his, his circle. I would, too. 
and he's just like, yo, man, you want to, like, grab a beer? And he's like, I got to, like, take care of, like, Atlantis. He's like, okay, oh, no, it's okay, don't worry. Uh, maybe some other time, it's cool. And then he goes home and cries. <laughs> and that is how I would play Lou as Batman in the DCU. Your Batman looks kind of like Kirby. To, not to bring it back to video games again, no, but you're kind of yes. like a, a like your Kirby Batman, where you yes. just kind of consume things and, and use that and turn that into power. That's, That's kind of I, You know what? I'm going to retcon that. Lou would incorporate <laughs> Kirby <laughs> into his Batman and just absorb enemies and eat them and then have their power for a limited amount of time and then poop them out as a little yellow star that disappears when it hits the ground. I'd like to give an alternate cut of this movie where you also play all of the supporting roles. Yes. Where yeah. you are Vicky Vale, yep. where you are Alfred, yep. where you are whatever villain we choose to use, the you know, Mr. Freeze or Joker. Oh, no, 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 no. See, Jonathan Langdon's Lose Batman only fights, like, the C-cast villains. Oh, So okay. we're talking, like, Egghead. We're talking, <laughs> like, the, the alligator guy. We're talking, uh, like, any other, like, Catman. I think he's nice. <laughs> like people haven't heard from in years due to their waning popularity. Why even That's do any is. establishment? Why not just do like street villains, like, you know, like pocket thieves, you know, pickpockets. <laughs> That's all your Batman does. He just yeah. does very minor crime, very petty theft. Crime. Majority of the comic is just him like going through regular day life. Like the first three volumes are him applying for a bank loan the peaks and valleys of that and then occasionally if a guy does like you know tries to pickpocket somebody or a woman tries to steal something then he's there and he's just like hey what are you doing don't do that and like oh man you know what oh he shames them he's got he the power them. of shaming Shame, yeah I that's like, like yep what, that's yeah. in his tool belt it's actually something he has to take out and apply do you have to <laughs> chalk the abs in like every day like before you go out Oh, and of course, okay. they're going to get smudged. I was going to make sure, you know, that they're nice and fresh. <laughs> yeah, yes, okay. do. he does. He does his laundry. The laundry is like a quarter of every comic because he always makes sure his laundry is done. Got to have that panel. Got to, got to use fabric softener. You have to. There's the section of the comic where it's is it blood or food? <laughs> he goes over to Stain as he's doing his laundry. <laughs> It's a, it's a flashback mechanism for how we got there. You know, it yeah. actually opens up at laundry and be like, oh, I remember the stain. Uh, it's, like the, it's like the falling pearl scene. You know, it always brings back that memory. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Except it's like it's ketchup. It's like yeah. falling ketchup, you know. Right, right. <laughs> There's sweet and sour Szechuan sauce on his wrist. He's like, mother. <laughs> Girl's falling. <laughs> always has to be shot in black and white. Oh yeah, always. Real noir music playing, tinkly yep. piano. <laughs> yeah. I mean, this is a winner. I mean, I think we've just resurrected the DC's movie franchise. Oh, I think yeah. so. Move I definitely Robert think so. Patrick. I yeah. So time. thank you. We have to yeah. give. We have to give props to different Mike. For this uh, amazing, <laughs> but also uh, Jonathan, you have to email me this idea so we have it protected and so no one else can use got it. it. So got as soon it. as we finish here, you have you have to email me. I have to do it. I just picture the the execs looking at like flipping through like pages of this idea. All three of us and like different mic on Zoom on a phone at this big desk <laughs> with like eyes wide, hoping like they'll like it, and the guys just flipping through just. <laughs> What the hell is this? <laughs> Wait, he's doing laundry again? Again? <laughs> it's the third time in this issue. Yeah. Jesus. He's chalking his abs again? Again? I, he has to, uh, <clears throat> he has to keep them fresh. Get out. <laughs> Get out now. And make this movie. <laughs> That's it. That's what's Dude. always said, isn't it? I mean. Exactly. That's how you know you got the green light. Your budget needs a billion dollars more than you've asked for. <laughs> We're opening up Warner Brothers' vaults of cash. Exactly. There you go. Just take it all. Have you ever paid for work in gold bullion? Because <laughs> that's what's going to happen with this movie. I'm betting the whole kit and caboodle that's it. on Jonathan Langdon plays Lou, plays Batman. It turns out it's the, it's, oh, the money is actually held in the Scrooge McDuck vault. <laughs> That's he, goes he, that's he goes swimming in it every day. He goes swimming in it every day. 
Okay. And that's yeah. like massive contusions, considering <laughs> that you can't swim in gold coins. If you were to jump into gold coin, you would. He just comes back every day with his like welts and bruises. Yeah, on his head. yeah, yeah. <laughs> and like, like pa- <laughs> on gold blooms and stuff. Oh, yeah. You know, sharp edges catch him. I did it again. <laughs> I'm so rich. You really have to stop doing that, sir. I can Nonsense. afford the medical bills. Watch me flex on my health care. The minister does it. <laughs> I've seen him. I've seen him. All right. Now, now we're going to get serious. We're going to okay. bring it down for a second. <clears throat> this is another This is another Facebook question. This one is not from a mic. This one is from Jamie. Yeah. Uh, Lou <laughs> seems to have an endless well of patience for Vic. But yeah. after she almost burned down the house, he really takes like a hard line with her and kind of switches gears. Yeah. Uh, among other things, he calls real bullshit on her heroing and, and her pursuits of Manx. But the question here is, does Lou feel like he is playing hero to Vic? Like he can fix her? Hmm. I don't think... That's a good question. That's a really good question. Jamie knows her shit, man. She's yeah. on it. So. I feel like in that moment, Lou is like incredibly upset. Because he just wants to keep the unit together. That's his want. Like He wants to keep the family unit together. Right. If, I think he's deeply hurt. And the reason why he takes such a hard line is because up until this point, he really thought that, like, you know, like, as long as we're together, as long as Vic lets him into whatever she's experiencing, then they can work through it. Right. Because I think that's a lot of the problems. Like, Vic deflects a lot. And Lou knows this, but he persists and keeps trying. As a result of that deflection and stuff, like her just keeping to herself, doing her own thing and not engaging in the relationship and sharing what she needs to share, like their house almost got burned down with her kid inside. Like I said before, like Lou wants to protect his family uh, over anything. So Vic now becomes a threat to the family unit. Right. And so that dynamic, like, you know, like him loving Vic so much. And yet her like almost like destroying the family that they have is they're going to butt heads, right? He has to do something at that point. He can't just allow it anymore. He can't just rely on his patient stuff. Something has to be said. And on top of that, it, it, it brought up other things in him that he is upset about too. Like he's there for Vic. He keeps telling her this and she really doesn't want to share her burden with him up until that point you know and she has her reasons too but lou obviously doesn't know that like she knows that she's the only person who can stop manx lou's just like we can do this together so that you're not right putting he doesn't appreciate yourself. what's actually going on here not not at that point right you know at that point yeah so i feel like at that point that's kind of where it, the hard line stance comes in because his superpower because this is also another thing that uh joe hill Uh, told me that day was that like one of his superpowers is just being very calm and and patient with people and just doing what needs to get done to keep everything together being what people need him to be in order to to keep things moving to help keep everyone going oh um, so that he can maintain that yeah like i i feel like uh there's part of the question i'm I'm missing (laughs) what was the last part uh jamie Jamie mentioned if he thinks that he can fix her if if, if he think, thinks that he can fix her I believe that right. Lou loves Vic for everything she is I don't think he feels he can fix her but he feels like he can help her fix herself okay that's and there there's a difference there he doesn't yeah he's not like, with her just to be like a like oh I can make her you know like she can get over this and do all that stuff like no like he he's not trying to make her something she's not because he loves her for who she is Right. Right. He loves everything about her, but he also knows that she is dealing with something. So instead of like, you know, trying to try to force her to do anything or anything like that, he's like, hey, like I'm here. Like we can talk about this. Like, no, like if you if you were going to do this by yourself and and, and you don't want to talk about whatever, then, yeah, you got to get help so that you can still be a part of this unit because we love you. It's kind of the exception to the rule that the hourglass man lays out in last week's episode. He's talking to Jakara's Maggie and he says, you know, people are drawn to us because of our powers. But once we're in the relationship, they want to change us. They want to keep us from using them. They want to beat them out of us. He calls it like the clawing a cat. He calls it cruel. And I think Lou is the one who is not trying to do that very much not oh, trying no. to change he her. He thinks it's really know? cool, but he just doesn't yeah, matter to, yeah. you know, chase down a psychopathic killer by herself. Well, and burn down the house yeah. and, you yeah, know, you know? K- kill Gator it's, phone and all their cell phones. Exactly. I mean, <laughs> imagine the insurance claims for all of the phones that she has gone through Especially in her life. Especially Gator phone. <laughs> yeah. Gator phone was Especially so sad. That was tragic. It was. Yeah. I-, I definitely made a, oh, uh, sound at Gator phone. So. <laughs> <With> Gator phone. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, so it's like, yeah, I, I-, I don't think he... 
he wants to change her at all, but he does want to help her. And I guess some people could argue like, oh, that's that might be a a way of of, of trying to change her. Uh, I could I could understand somebody making that argument, but when I saw Lou, I didn't feel like he was trying to change her to something different. I think he was trying to help her become the best her by seeing that she has a problem and it's affecting the family and 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 seeing how he can help or convince her to get help if he can't do that. Yeah, he seems more supportive. Yeah, know, just sort yeah. Of- supporting her strength it's like he sees that strength in her and knows exactly. it's there so he's gonna yeah, be there to support right. in her and try to like bring it out of her instead of concentrating on her trauma yeah yeah one of, one of the things that anna and i talk about a lot in these episodes this season have has been how once he decides that he has to kind of take a hard line with her he doesn't really let her off the hook it continues episode to episode yeah which which was kind of against the prediction right a lot of tv tropes would have it just be kind of forgotten the next episode exactly no but, but it's not real though i mean the real relationship with someone who is a good partner like louis is gonna keep holding her accountable and and i like that the show did that you know that was yeah. a great character aspect for him absolutely yeah i totally agree with that yeah so working on Nosferatu and this experience what has been your favorite part overall of the whole shebang of being Lou being on set filming any part of it what has been your favorite thing about besides this, this interview obviously <laughs> and, you know and, and the everything minister you know would probably agree <laughs> agree with that as well we're really asking your number two experience okay. yeah. in being so involved with the show after, i would say after referring to my notes given to me from the everything minister yes my most fun thing is being on set and making the show but like the first time we met and it was watching me trying to and failing horribly failing shoot a water bottle into the garbage and missing <laughs> terribly just the worst thing. And I was inching closer each time. And this is like, I think we were filming near the, the ruins of the sleigh house. Yes. It was pretty heavy stuff. <laughs> so I was just like being an idiot and just trying to make people out of it, trying to miss this thing. And then I was earnestly trying and missing. And then the water bottle like flipped on the garbage and went under her seat. And I was just like, oh, no, 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 no. Please like, don't, don't pick this up. Don't get that. Don't get that. <laughs> don't get that. Please don't like buy into my idiocy here. <laughs> I'm going to shoot it again, <laughs> and I'm not going to stop, but I will get this water bottle. I think that was our first interaction together. And I haven't let you live it down since. No, no. I so I feel like, because, like, I, I don't know. When I'm on set, I'm, I'm extremely just happy to be working, and I feel like that comes out into me trying to share that happiness with people by acting like a complete fool off it. camera. Ah. <laughs> trying to just make people laugh a lot. It's good for morale, though. Uh, yeah. It is. <laughs> On camera, your character gives such a nice like uh, release valve of humor. So you need that off camera, too. I mean, you're, well, yeah, I, it's, I, I it's heavy to... shit. This is not a ha-ha show. This, yes. is not, yes. this is not, you know, Nosferatu at the improv. You know, <laughs> so... <laughs> Which you fuck, I, I, I would pay money for that. Charlie Banks doing a uh, tight five. Holy yeah. shit, that would be amazing. <laughs> that, oh my God. Oh, that'd be amazing. It's trying to make, okay, everybody, we got uh, our next comic coming up. Uh, this guy, he just goes on forever and ever. Uh, yeah. He likes candy canes. Everybody, please oh. give a warm welcome to Charlie Manx. Woo! Yeah! Hello, whores and faithless men. (laughs) Good evening. What do you get when you mix a candy cane with a gingerbread cookie? A sweet ginger... What? (laughs) That was my best material. Clearly you guys don't enjoy humor. Get the gas, Bing. Bing, gas them now. Yeah! <laughs> smells like cookies! Like Don't you hate it when you're kidnapping children and the fuzz is on your tail? Woo! <laughs> yes, quite. <laughs> uh, and there's just like silent nights, like lowly playing behind the entire set. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's, it, he brings out like a boombox with him and just kind of plays it behind him. So. <laughs> I just love the image of Charlie Manx. And not like young, hot Charlie Minx. We're talking like hasn't had a the good soul, one. like yeah. a cr- like a yeah, like the a crusty kind of, one. Yeah, the crusty, crusty Minx. Like, you know, he has this like like his coat arms like rolled up like an eighties comic, <laughs> and his cup of water like in, like Richard Jenny, you know, yeah, like yeah, putting yeah, it yeah, on like, a stool, yeah. <laughs> putting it on a stool and being like, so uh, 
You know what I hate? I hate <laughs> mail. Why does it take so long? I heard you guys have the best technology nowadays, and it still takes the same amount of time. <laughs> what is the deal with these cellular telephones? No filming at this club. I'm working on stuff. I have a, a special coming out in six months. On Netflix. On Netflix. Yeah. <laughs> there was no pilot on, for it. On AMC premiere. <laughs> That's it. Yeah. We skipped pilot season. I got straight to order. <laughs> yeah. 13 episodes. Mind you, this is this is Charlie Manx. Yeah, Charlie Manx. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is Charlie Manx. He somehow manifests himself in the real world. Zach, is, to Zach is tied up in the boot of a trunk somewhere. Yeah. And Manx has just come to life. Yeah. Zach, Zach is that good that... His talent and power has actually manifested into a human being that has all these traits, and his only sole desire at that point is to, is to be big stand-up comic. <laughs> Jonathan, I don't want to get our hopes up, but we have come up with several million-dollar ideas. Okay, so we have we have the Lou Batman. You gotta got lock it down. Charlie yeah. Manx, everything Minister. Away. We're we're. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, yeah. come on, guys! If you're listening here, like this is this is it. This is the real deal here. Manx at Mirlago, you know, doing his his improv. Oh, I know, I know what his special is going to be called. <laughs> it's going to be like Charlie Manx, Sleigh Bells. That's the first one, and then the second one would be like Charlie Manx, Christmas Land, the joke. Yes. And then it's like, with, with a question mark. With a question, yeah, with, with a like question a lilt. And then Charlie Manx, the third one, was like, as I lay dying. (laughs) Him on the table with his chest open, but he's like looking at the camera and he has a mic in his hand. (laughs) I love it. I love it. Yeah. (laughs) He's still got sleeves that are rolled up, too. Yeah, his his skin is rolled up, so you see his skin. But like it's still it's still flesh from for his hands, right. but his from his wrist to his forearm it's all rolled up. It's just rolled up, right? It's just rolled up. <laughs> and he sweats a lot, he like Robin, so like Robin Williams yeah. like sweat. While it's he's a table full of water bottles. The tour footage is gonna be like a black and white, like uh, uh, like tour footage that comes out with like the Blu-ray, and it's just gonna be a, <laughs> him complaining about women. Oh, just oh, yeah. just him just, talking just, about yeah. all women. Oh, man, there's just, oh, man, they're so bad. I don't like them. She was wearing a skirt. I could see her ankles in the front row at that show. (laughs) She disgusted me. I took her child. (laughs) Why is she doing it at the comedy club instead of being a mother? (laughs) Then he just starts talking about his tight five. He's like, yeah, that's it. I don't know. Should I switch this one around? I don't know. I don't like that. I don't like that. The in there, in the middle there. (laughs) I have to reorder my index cards. Yeah. <laughs> Without being too spoilery, give us three words to describe the rest of the season, the final two episodes of the season. Three words. Um, non-stop thrills. Yeah. I like right. it. I like it. We're not even going to yeah. give you a hyphen on the non. We're just going to go non as one standalone yeah. word. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Just non. I, c- I could have used like the <laughs> non, like the food non. That could, oh my God. That. that could be so into something too. Let's do that. You know, like you don't know. Oh you yeah! Get, Did you just drop an Easter egg? I just dropped an Easter egg. Non-stop <laughs> thrills. Episode nine starts with Lou eating non bread. Yeah, that's what <laughs> we've got. I it's know eating non bread and papadum. Yeah, jo- Joy is on mute and she is clenching her fist. She's like, I can't believe they gave the non reveal. God damn it! <laughs> I just, oh, I just got a text from out. Joy. <laughs> uh, I just got Edit a text from out. Joy on my phone, guys. You want me to read what it says? Here we go. It says. Stop talking. <laughs> Stop the bread talk. Stop talking right now. If you value your job. That's nice. Thanks, Joy. Cash the checks fast. That's all right. You've got the spinoff money coming in. You're good. You've got right. You've got the Manx at the improv show. You're oh, good. yes. yes yeah. Good. yeah. Dude, I'm almost afraid to ask this next question. Okay. <laughs> but it's my favorite one. Okay. Uh, okay. So we ask this question to everybody who comes on the Strong Creatives Welcome podcast. And yes. it's what would your inscape be if you had one? And what would your knife be? Okay. I th- okay. I think my I think my inscape would be my house. 
I could always go home anywhere because Aww. that was nice. one of the things. I know I was, people were looking for something like funny or whatever, but I think like Inkscape no. would be would just be trying to get trying to like to, to pop in and visit my family and, and at home, and then but my knife, my knife would be something like ridiculous, like a something nobody would ever think would be like a knife, like a like a like a knife. Like an actual knife. An actual like, knife. Like, like yeah. you keep like a Swiss blade in your pocket. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, that's like, it's, it's, it's like the knife on like a Swiss army knife. That's it. So it's like the really small one. And then like, I actually like have to like cut it in the air to tear the fabric between reality and the world of thought. I end up at home. Oh, Aww. but the in between, the in between before I can always get home sure. would be like the first level of like Super Mario World. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> so I just cut to you and he's like, dit, dit. I'm like, oh, gotta watch out for the shell again. Uh. <laughs> oh, he jumped up and banged his head on an invisible brick. I don't even know. I didn't even know that was there. It was insane. Oh my gosh, mushrooms. And if I stay there too long, I just like come out very disheveled and confused. Eating like with like your face covered in mushrooms. Like, oh, of course. Were, yeah. Like shiitakes all over your face. See, in the, in the, in the inscape, it's, they, they do their job like in the video game. But if I was to take it out, they're just not good mushrooms. They're just actually like poisonous <laughs> mushrooms. <laughs> I get they look incredibly, like incredibly. Yeah, I don't like. They're not like fatally poisonous. They're just like you get the runs, and it's bad. Not life threatening. Just really, yeah, really that's, annoying. That's just my cost. That's really my cost. Ink, that's every uh, time I leave. Oh no! <laughs> every time I leave the inscape, I come massive home. diarrhea. Massive diarrhea. I have to use the washroom. <laughs> <That's it. laughs> The only way to to control it is to take a life. <laughs> <laughs> wow, that escalated really, really. Oh, yeah. This is real. This is real deal, man. I'm that nice. must be some really bad diarrhea. Yeah, <laughs> that is not proportionate in any way at all. I like it. Yeah, dark, real, real runny, man. Like, this is guys. This is real life. This is real life. I'm starting to actually get confused over what show and what's real life. You're so meta. <laughs> there's there's footage of Jonathan at Parnassus and like all these experienced strong creatives are like, bro, you don't need to be taking lives. Not for what your deal is. He's like, no, I've got to take a life. I've got to go. Like, no, you like, don't you, understand, man. It's you never had any peas and there's peas in there. You could just ah! you could just eat some like more fiber like that could be how you mitigate the cost you know like you know, a little little binding action or something like a little starch like have some more potato no I gotta take a life I've gotta do it the, the hourglass man is like look if you just stop drinking two liters of two percent milk every day you might be able to control this thing it's like no I don't even think it's related to your yeah. the inscape I think this is. I think this is just you. Like you got to lay off the dairy. Yeah, I think you need to see a doctor, like an actual doctor, not Doctor Sleep, but like an actual doctor, like a a real world medical doctor. He's like, no, no, I don't think so. Also, stop eating cheese. You know, it's very possible. So much yogurt, just empty yogurt cans in your car. Just lay off of it. Empty yogurt, bo- empty yogurt cans of dead bodies. That is what your life has <laughs> just, just become. Stacked. <laughs> just stacked there. This is this is, this is unnecessary. Anywho, <laughs> can I have a moment of your time? <laughs> I need a ride home. <laughs> your, your child grows up, and in her inevitable first therapy session, she's like, "There was a time in my life, Daddy just came home covered in yogurt and blood every day, and I never understood it. I never. We were so thankful to see him, but we never yeah. understood why yogurt and blood. <laughs> and he smelled vaguely of poop. It was yeah. very unsettling. And every time my daddy came home, he would always say, "Ooh, ooh, ooh, ooh," and then go to the washroom. <laughs> And that is my <laughs> this is my show and tell for today. In her tell all book that never Yeah. <laughs> I I eat it on the way. I eat the yogurt through the, the inscape. <laughs> uh, like before the inscape and then after the inscape on the go. <sighs> oh my god. Oh my I god. I'm like tears happening. coming down my cheeks. <laughs> the card, I know. like I know. <laughs> Wasn't this only supposed to be an half an hour? It's a full on hour because because of my idiocy. No, no, you're good. I've added on like 25 minutes 
of unusable material. This will never air. It'll just be cut into like little. Oh, it'll be. It'll be. It'll be admitted at the trial. Don't worry about it. (laughs) (laughs) The minister of every single yogurt yogurt killer. Joy knows this, and she's just gonna read it. It's gonna turn out be like, yes, Lou is uh here and uh, uh, uh and that's it, everybody. I have three. I have I have three emails while we're recording. Please cut out minute sixteen through any eighteen. Yeah. <laughs> sixteen through forty five. <laughs> oh my god! All right, all right. Oh, good. All right, guys. last last question, and then we have one more question. Awesome. Last so, question, uh, and then we have one more question. <laughs> Well, last Amazing. question, my more question. I'm down. All right. If you were able to have any of the superpowers that we have seen on the show, whether it's yep. Maggie's tiles, the hourglass man's mind control, Charlie Minx's fascination with candy canes and Christmas, or, <laughs> you know, ability to find lost things with a shorter way, which one would you take as your power and what would you do with it? I would take Vic's power, I think. I like the idea of, of finding lost things and being able to, like, to kind of, like, travel to, to in between places fairly quickly. I like that idea. I don't want to know the future. I, I'm a very uh, ardent believer in. I don't even know if I use that word. I try to sound smart, guys. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm a very hard believer in like trying to make your own destiny as much as possible. Life is going to oh, throw sure. you curveballs and stuff, yeah. but like you really try to to achieve your goals and stuff. So I don't want to know what's going to happen. Being able to find lost things would be would be a cool or just be like you know like where is this thing or like how can I help this person or if I you can find people you know it's pretty cool I don't like the idea of like if you use it too much you you turn a little bit crazy but right. I think it would be I think that would be really cool though to just travel to anywhere because I can just be like where is this guy I met in like Japan where where is his parents. Voss, and then I just go. I get a free trip to Japan, right? If right, you word right. the question properly, I'd go, yeah. you can and meet as many people as you can. Then you can use it to your advantage to just travel the world very quickly. And you could take the guy's Voss, and he would have no idea because exactly. he's not going to think Jonathan Langdon from the USA stole his Voss <laughs> from from Canada. From uh, Canada. Well, you're in the USA now. Yeah. Oh, do well. USA. Do you? Well, that's actually a great question. Uh, mm. Do you? Do you still live in Canada when you're not shooting? And oh yes. Yeah. Oh okay. Okay. So you are you are still Canadian to the core. You haven't defected to America. <laughs> no, no, I haven't. No, ice is ice is not knocking on your door. Be like, get the fuck out of this country. Yeah. <laughs> Just have the Canadians be like, oh, you're leaving there. Oh, you're leaving <laughs> oh. there, bud. Oh, you, you want to go down there, eh? Ah, oh, that's not good. There be some federal agents. I don't even know what you're talking about there. <laughs> Trying to tell me you want to go down there and act okay to get on, catch a cab, eh? Get out of there. And I'll be like, oh man, can I just come back? They'd be like, oh for sure, bud. <laughs> yeah. Oh my god. <laughs> and that's where we're gonna leave it. That's where. Jonathan, it is. thanks <laughs> so much for coming to talk to us here on Strong Creators. Welcome, Thank really, you really, very much it. for having me. It was great talking to you guys. Yes, uh, it's 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 been a long time coming. We're so happy you got to hang out with us and just have a ball. I think people are gonna really be, be excited to hear this. <laughs> I, I mean, when, when when they get the six hour uncut version of yeah. it, they're gonna be fucking stoked. Yeah, this could either go two ways, guys. This could either go like, <laughs> oh, this is great, or <laughs> spend your work day with your Jonathan Langdon in the you'll interview. See, <laughs> you'll see a new petition on the fan website. It's like change Lou. <laughs> no. No. What was that podcast? Change no. Lou. Get Lil Rel Howery. Our- Change Lou. <laughs> no. Never. No. Hashtag Never. get Alfonso Ribeiro. Renew Lou. Hashtag. Lou. <laughs> Renew Lou. Right. That's Renew what Lou. we're That's doing what we now. Want. Yeah. Renew Lou. Yeah. Hashtag. One of them, one of Lou them is 2.0, just... but it's the same Lou. <laughs> one of the hashtags are just like uh, change to Ricky Ricardo, and everyone's like, "What? How does that?" Even... <laughs> you should not he's have not had write-ins. Write-ins was like, a bad yeah. idea. <laughs> like, how, that's okay, I guess. And they like hologram them in. <laughs> better than better, better, than, keep Fred, better than Fred Mertz, though. Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> Lucy, oh, my, uh, I was like, uh, my name's Vic. If you don't take care of your problems, I'm gonna have to adopt the baby and leave, you know? <laughs> Gotta go to Babalus. 
Babalu! Babalu! <laughs> Instead of, like, chocolates, it's like Vic stuffing, like, wrenches down her blouse and stuff, you know? Oh, man. <laughs> I, I think we just cracked a season three story. Yeah, I think, we did. I think, I think, we think did. so. Yeah. Yeah. Ricky Ricardo is a strong creator. <laughs> That's it. That's it. His, his knife is obviously his His knife is his bongos. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And yes. the Copa or whatever a, the fuck his club was called was his Celebrity escape. parade of 1950s, like, huge stars. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and it's all filmed in black and white. Jackie Gleason comes in. in tails. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Lucille Ball. Martin and Jerry Lewis. Bob Hope. Sorry, please, Jackie Gleason. Yeah, Jackie Gleason. Oh man, I I don't even know where that came from. What is happening anymore? We we took a turn, guys. Yeah, I'm actually going to stop recording right now. But you got to stay. Don't go anywhere. Bye. Bye. Goodbye. The whole thing's gone. Now we're going to drop secrets. Strong Creatives Welcome, the Nosferatu podcast, is an original production of Pod Clubhouse. Recorded, edited, and produced at Pod Clubhouse Studios. For more information, please visit us online at podclubhouse.com.